0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Turn to the book of St. John, chapter number 13, here this evening glad those of you who could be here are here it really makes me a little skeptical whenever you announce that it's foot washing service and people get sick so I'm trusting each one that is is let's say worse thing come upon them whenever we have we things we never force anybody to participate Amen. I never, I don't think browbeat anybody concerning those measures. I think sometimes things like this make people uncomfortable. Amen. But Jesus gave us an example. It's amazing. There are three primary times when the Lord did command us. He commanded us concerning baptism, communion, and foot washing. And probably this is the least of the three that people would be willing to follow through the command on in foot washing. You won't deny being baptized. But you'll think twice about washing someone's feet. Again, I'm not here to lay guilt trips or shame and blame. I'm just here, and I'm going to teach the word of God as I do each Wednesday, whether there be many or whether there' be few. few. John chapter number 13. I'm going to begin with verse number one. and I'll just state already. My wife is 100 percent of support, but she's going to be leaving here in a few minutes. Because she's in a college class that just so happens. This is the only time this has ever happened. And only time this, even this time that it's going to happen. But she has a soteric counseling class that she's got to have a web conference at 8. And it's at Pacific time, 6 o'clock their time. So it just ended that way. Amen. But otherwise she would be participating tonight as well as she has in previous years. Amen. John 13 and verse number 1. Now before the feast of the passover when jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of this world into the father having loved his own which were in the world he loved them until the end unto the end and supper being ended the devil having now put in the heart of judas iscariot simon's son to betray him jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Skipping down to verse 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments, and was set down again. He said unto them, know ye what i have done to you? ye call me master and lord and ye say well for so i am. If i then be, if i then your lord and master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet; for i have given you an example, that ye should do as i have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, I love you. God, I pray, Lord, you would help us, Lord, in our Bible lesson here tonight, God. Lord, along the subject, Lord, of foot washing, I pray, Jesus, today, Lord, give us, Lord, learning. Give us understanding. God, I pray, Lord, you would touch the hearts and souls, God, of those that are gathered here tonight. God, minister to them. God, strengthen them, Lord Jesus. God, even in this service this evening, will God not fail to thank and praise you, Lord, for you are holy and righteous and glorious. God, and you are the master, and you are, Lord Jesus, our Lord. God, and we know, Lord, that we are not above, Lord Jesus, you God, we, Lord Jesus, find ourselves, God, in submission to you. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. You know, provide, provide a calendar for letting you know what was going to take place. And maybe I should have left that one off the calendar. I don't know. I'm just saying you some of the things that I deal with as a pastor that I think sometimes. Nevertheless, if we go back to the Old Testament, let's do so in order to find the origin. Uh, we have done uh, the same with... Other things uh, in our Sunday morning lessons, we went back to the Old Testament to find the origin of baptism. Let's go back to the Old Testament to find the origin of this practice of foot washing. There are several scriptures throughout the Old Testament that indicates that a host, a host would provide water for their guest so that that guest could wash their own feet. Uh, We read in Genesis 18, Abraham had an angelic visitation of three men, one of which we come to find out was the Lord. He had a visitation of three uh, that that met him, and and Abraham greeted them. When he saw them, he arose. He he asked them that they would stay. He prepared a meal for them. He fetched uh, some water for them as well. The Bible says in Genesis 18 and verse 4, let a little water, I pray you, be fetched. and Wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. It wasn't uh, whenever they first came that he recognized them to be angelic visitation. He knew them as three men, a men that were guests at his home. And as a result of them being guests, then he was going to provide water so that they might wash their feet. And so there's something that begins to be set here as a precedent. guests to your home as a means of hospitality. The host provides the water, but it's the guests that wash their own feet. And so we see this again, Lot had a visitation of two angels. Uh, this, this is right after chapter 18 here. As a matter of fact, two of the three angels that w- visited with Abraham, two of those angels left and went to Sodom. This is two angels that had already been given water for their feet to be washed. They are now with Lot. He has this visitation and has an encounter with them here at Sodom. And again, he arises from where he is sitting he reverences, he reverences those who come to him uh, by offering them, hey, you can stay in my home, you can stay in my house with me. He's being very hospitable, uh, being very kind. And again, they were compelled, these two guests of his were compelled to wash their own feet. You can read of it in Genesis 19 too, He gave them water so they would wash their feet. Right. Amen. And, and Laban in the scripture in Genesis as well, Laban had treated one of abraham's servants as his guest abraham had sent a servant out to find his son isaac a wife back from his kindred and his people and in that journey he arrived at a relative of abraham's by the name of laban to find a wife for isaac and whenever laban brought abraham's servant to his home as a guest he was going to provide lodging for Abraham's servant, was going to provide provision, not just for he, but also for his animals uh, that were there with him. And Laban, here it is again, made water available for Abraham's servant, the Bible says, and also the men that were with him that came along with Abraham's servant. So there was a group of them that was on this journey uh, from Abraham that had come to Laban's house. And Laban says, you're all my guests. To provide room and board for you and food for you, and he gives them water to wash their feet. It says in Genesis 24, verse 32, And the man came into the house, and he ungirded his camels, and gave straw and provender for the camels, and water to wash his, that's Abraham's servants, his feet and the men's feet that were with him. We see that these are just a a few scriptures, but just gives us the basis for what happens now in John 13. Uh, The steward of Joseph's house, Joseph is second in command to Pharaoh, He's been set up as such. He is given the wisdom to know that during the seven years of plenty, he is together because there's coming seven years of famine after that. He knows that because God has given him the interpretation to the two dreams that was given to Pharaoh. And so Joseph has a steward of his house that when his brothers come to Egypt to get food during the time of famine, uh, this is the second time that they have come that that steward invites his brothers into Joseph's house as guests. Now they thought they were viewed as spies because that's the way that Joseph had made them to believe that he thought that they were spies and they didn't really recognize their brother Joseph as their brother. He had, he had uh, a who he was. He, he spoke through an interpreter. And so they were not quite sure that that was their brother. And so they thought They were looked at as spies, but the steward brought them in as guests. And again, both the men and the animals were provided for. And the steward, here it goes again, they're guests in a home. So the water is provided by the host and the guests wash their own feet. Genesis 43 and verse 24. And the man brought the men into Joseph's house, the man being the steward, and gave them water and they washed their feet and he gave their asses provender. He gave them Food And so the running thing, even without me saying it, you could have picked up on it. The running thing then is water is provided again by the host. Amen. Without the guest asking for it. None of the guests in any of these instances asked for water. But as a means of hospitality and kindness, the guest provided the water or the host rather provided the water. And the guest then took the responsibility of washing their own feet. We read of again, there was an old man Uh, That was alone. He was in one among the tribe of Benjamin and there was a Levite with his concubine that was passing through the area and uh, they had everything that they needed concerning food and water, but they needed somewhere to stay for the night. This old man, this old man invited them into his home as their guest. They let him know, sir, we have the food that we need. Uh, We have the water that we need. We can take care of ourselves. We can take care of our animals. We just need somewhere to stay. We don't want to be a burden to you. Amen. We just need a place to stay. But the old man insisted, this is marvelous. You want to talk about hospitality? He insisted that their wants would lie upon him. In other words, even though they had the means concerning food and water to care for themselves and only needing lodging, this man said, listen, if I'm going to be your host... If I'm going to be your host, if you're going to come into my home as guest, he says, then you're not going to expend anything of your own, not your own food, not your own water. He says, you'll be eating my food, you'll be drinking my water, and you'll be staying in my house because you're my guest. And again, he provides the water for their feet, Judges 19, 21. So he brought him into his house and gave provender into his asses, and they washed their feet and did eat and drink. Amen. It's in this scripture said in the first Samuel 25 verse 41 that we come the first time in scripture to learn that it could also be the role of a servant to wash the feet of others. The Bible says in first Samuel 25 and verse 41 and she this is speaking of Abigail the woman who was the wife of Nabal, but later became the wife of David. And she arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth and said, Behold, let thine handmaiden be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. What had happened, Abigail was so overwhelmed by David's desire toward her And his kindness toward her after her husband, Nabal, had died. David wanted her to come to him. He would marry her. They would start a life together. She was so overwhelmed by that that she just simply said, hey, let me be even a handmaiden in your house. I will be a servant to his servants, and I will wash their feet. So this is the first time every time we see a get their guest of home that's washing their own feet. This is the first time that we see that someone could take a row of a servant to wash the feet of others because scholars even tell us that if the guests did not wash their own feet, it would most likely be delegated them to the job of a servant or a slave, and most importantly, a Gentile slave, not a Jewish servant. Jewish servants even didn't stoop to wash feet, but a Gentile servant would send someone over to wash their feet if they did not wash their own. It was the task of the lowliest of servants. Not just any servant, but the lowliest of servant. And this, I'm not trying to be pig-headed here tonight, but scholars say commonly female servants because in that culture, females were not considered or had rights as a human or as a person. They were considered property. And so it was of the lowliest of servants that would normally do this. And so when we read the sampling of scriptures, we understand water to be provided, guests washing their own feet, or if at best a servant that would wash their feet. We see that feet washing took place the un- whenever a person had been on a long journey, got to the house prior to eating, Going to wash their feet. We see that the Shulamite in the Song of Solomon, she washed her feet before she went to bed. So there's episodes of long journeys or before eating and before one went to bed, that feet were washed. So that that gives us kind of a background to this whole idea of washing feet whenever we come to John chapter number 13. And the reason why that there were some that were sitting at the table, not some, but perhaps all, were appalled and taken back about what happened. In this scenario of John 13, just for one thing, just to show how important this is, we know that all scriptures inspired of the Holy Ghost, right? That's what the Bible tells us. Inspired of the Holy Ghost. The the gospel of John, John is writing somewhere around 60 years later after the crucifix of Jesus Christ. Whenever the gospel of John was written. And so with that being said, he's written. Writing 60 years later in a mode of reflection, yet 60 years removed even from the crucifix of Jesus, Christ quickens to his mind the memory. You hear me? The memory of those boys sitting at the table with their Lord and him washing their feet. That wasn't John's idea. That was the Holy Ghost's idea to bring it to the memory of John, to pen these words of John chapter number 30 and to in order to understand the significance of all of this tonight folks Jesus is leaving an example for them but we must consider the context in which this is placed leading up to this whole practice of him washing their feet he has been telling them leading up to this his disciples he's been telling them that he was going to be crucified He's telling them that he's going to be buried. He's telling them that he's going to resurrect. He has been emphasizing to these disciples that in order to follow me, you must take up your cross daily in order to follow me. He's been emphasizing to them that boys, he's told them on on more than one occasion, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you'll try to lose, if you, you won't mind losing your life, He says, you're going to find it. Jesus in John 13 is very knowledgeable about everything that's going on. During this time right near the Bible tells us in the first verse and some of the other verses in John 13, but it tells us that he knew that his time for his departure, his death was at hand. He knew that that was very, very close. He knew that all things were in his hands. As the Bible tells us in verse three, he knew who he was. That meant more, he did, he knew he was, he knew more than that he was just Jesus Christ. He knew that he was God manifested in the flesh. He knew that he had come for the purpose to lay down his life and pick it back up so that we could lay down our old lives and pick up a new life. He knew all of these things. He knew who was going to betray him when it even hadn't taken place yet. He knew Judas was going to be bet, but the betrayer. And even as he washed his feet, he knew not everybody that he was washing feet of were clean. Some of you are, but not ye all. He knew all of this. And it's in this setting. It's in the setting of uh, of the Passover. It's in the setting of the Last Supper. It's in the setting of washing feet and communion that was taken. It's all during the same time. It's in the setting that Luke describes that the Bible says the disciples are thinking and entertaining and discussing among themselves who should be accounted as the greatest. It's as almost Christ is talking about, I know, I know my hour's at hand. I'm going to die. I'm going to perish from this life. And it's like they're already talking among themselves. Well, after he leaves the vacancy, he's, who's going to be the big man? After he's off the scene then then who's gonna, who's going to be the leader after Jesus is crucified they're arguing even at the supper you can read the harmony of the gospels they are arguing they are discussing who's going to be the Bible says in Luke 22 and verse 24 and they're also there and there was also a strife among them which of them should be accounted the greatest. So, this is the context of all this happening. You got this ruckus going on. He's saying, You know, I think I'm pretty good. You know, if he goes off the scene, I think I'm the guy that's for the job. And Peter says, Well, you know, I've been the spokesman for us quite a bit. And, you know, you have all this going on. And in the backdrop of all these things, while they're having their discussion about who's the greatest, the great God who had robed himself in flesh as Jesus Christ starts pouring water in the basin. And he begins to wash the feet. The God that's robed in flesh begins to wash the feet of humanity. And we understand from verse number two the very propelling emotion, reason, purpose behind it all is because the Bible says that he loved them and he would love them unto the end. Amen. It was no other this This foot washing that he did unto them and for them was nothing more than another way, I say another way, to illustrate his love for them. But not only was he illustrating his love for them, but he was also leaving them an example. He was leaving them with a lesson on how they should love one another. Someone say amen. When his disciples loved others... As they have been loved by him. This is also in John 13. Christ told them, then all men would know that they were his followers. The Bible says in John 13, verse 34, this is in still in all the context of the foot washing. In this same chapter, a new commandment Jesus says, I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. Verse 35, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. And so, boys, when you can love each other like I have loved you, when you can love one another like I have loved you, he said, then there will be no doubt in the eyes and the minds of all men that you are truly my disciples. You're my followers. You have become imitators. Me, and so as we practice communion a couple of weeks ago, and we will foot washing tonight. What that does is that 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 gives us a couple. We have vertical and horizontal responsibilities. We have vertical and horizontal responsibilities. We have responsibilities to God, and even with the communion, we have responsibilities in foot washing to each. Other. Again, as I started with tonight, probably this is the, 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 the least likely followed of the three concerning baptism, communion, and foot washing. But here, Christ simply tells his disciples, and for us in our day, he's given us an example that we should do as I have done unto you. Now, note verse number 17 of John 13. He says, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. The happiness is not related to the knowing. It's related to the doing. And happiness in Scripture, whenever you read the Beatitudes of Mark cha- or Matthew chapter number 5, it says, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are this, blessed are that. That word blessed it could also be translated happy. Same here with the word happy, amen, here in John 13. It could be uh, translated blessed or blessed. So it's not blessed if you know these things. It's blessed if you practice these things. It's blessed if you do these things. It's one thing to know them as it is with anything concerning God's word. And it's another thing to do them. Some of the other translations of the Bible take that verse 17 and translate it as such. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Or if you understand these things, how blessed you are if you put them into practice. Or another, if you know all of this, blessed are you if you act accordingly and so if the prescription is followed in verse 14 he says ye also ought to wash one another's feet and here's the thing whenever there is the practice of foot washing that takes place as christ told them "Ye ought to wash one another all right one another he washed their feet none of them washed his but he said, this, this, I've done this to you, so you do this to one another. Whenever that is given, not only will you give in the practice of foot washing by being the washer, but you'll receive by being the washed. And experience has taught me in my life, in reality, that in essence, I really become the receiver in both there's really something I receive in being the washer and the washed in both. Because the Lord's command, ye wash one another's, catches the spirit of pride on each level. Because for some, they are too proud to wash feet. But for others, they're too proud to have somebody wash their feet. And so he catches the spirit of pride on each level. So most often the water, again, as we've learned from the Old Testament, the water was given to the owner of the feet and they were to wash their own feet. But again, while everybody's bickering among the dinner table here about who's greatest, Jesus pours water, but notice He's not pouring it for himself. He's pouring it for them. But more importantly, he's not pouring it for them, for them to wash their feet. He's pouring it for them so he could wash their feet. And this must, be, must have been unheard of. This goes against everything we've looked at leading up to this. The guest provides the water, but the, or the host provides the water, but the guests wash their, wash their own feet. Well, Jesus is providing the water here, but they're not washing their own feet. He starts to wash their feet, so this is unheard of. That's perhaps the reason why Peter just pipes up, you know, there in the verse of Scripture, and he says, listen, Lord, he says, thou dost not wash my feet. In verse number 6, he pops up and says, you're not going to wash my feet. Why? Because that goes against everything the way things have been done. You can provide the water, but I'll wash my, I'll take care of it, Lord. Amen. Or if I don't, perhaps we can find some menial servant around here that can take care of it. But You know what Christ was illustrating to Peter was this. In essence, he was saying, Peter, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. Mark 10, 45 tells us, for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, which means to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. Not in the Old Testament, not, not, not in the Bible, and not even in literature. Amen. Through history, there were no examples in ancient literature of a superior washing the feet of an inferior, except right here. In John chapter number 13. Notice. Jesus calls them on this. And it's kind of neat how he does this. He he, he used their own omission about who he was against them. He states to them in verse number 13. He says ye call me master. Right boys? Ye call me master and ye call me lord. And he says there's nothing wrong with that. I am master and I am lord. But you guys call me that. And he says if that's true. Then there's none." too prestigious here. I can say it like that. There's none too prestigious here to wash another's feet. If I'm the Lord, you call me master and I've done this, then there's nobody here that's too prestigious to wash another's feet. Right. Amen. If normally the owner of the feet washed the feet, then Christ and let us know by doing this that we are pledging whenever we wash one, because usually what the owner He washed his own feet. But if we wash one another's feet, what we are doing in that is this. We are pledging to take responsibility for each other as we take responsibility for ourselves. Taking responsibility for one another. So are we the body of Christ? Are we the bride of Christ? Are we members in particular that supply what each joint needeth? Amen. Amen. And so, in the process of doing this, we're taking responsibility for one another as we would our own selves. Amen. We're loving our neighbor, and in this sense, we are. I know we oftentimes laugh about it. You know, uh, King goes out and God talks to him and says, uh, uh, "Where's your brother?" He said, "Am I my brother's keeper?" He said, "Ah, my my brother." Well, in this essence, yeah, you are. Amen. You are. Because whenever you consider Christ washing the feet of all those that sat at the table, before the night was over, Peter's feet would stand by a Roman fire and would deny Jesus Christ. And Christ knew it, but he washed his feet. Judas' feet would be going around rounding up all of the Jewish leaders, and they would stand in the Garden of Gethsemane not to pray, but to betray. Jesus knew it, but he washed Judas' feet. As a matter of fact, when we understand, when you start to think that Jesus washed the feet of his betrayer and knew that that person was going to betray him, there's a very humbling experience that comes over Jesus and Judas. And Jesus tells us now to go and do likewise and wash each other's feet. What's that mean in the grand scheme of things? Sometimes you're washing the feet of your enemy. Sometimes you're washing the feet of your betrayer. He washed the feet of all those disciples, yet all the feet of those disciples before the night was over would be fleeing from him when he was captured in the garden, yet he did not deny washing their feet. So this this do as I have done unto you and, and each other, this is not the proverbial, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. No, 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 no. This is, I'll wash your feet even if you don't wash mine. Huh? Jesus didn't want it to be like that. He wanted them to wash each other's feet, but he prepared them for that. They may wash one and they may not receive it in return because in reality, service, when we talk about service or servanthood in the context of the church it should never be a one-way matter. It should never be a one-way street. As Ephesians says, we should submit one to another. It's not just one direction or one way, but it's one to another. Now, here is something that interests me in, 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 in mind, being mindful of, of the command of the Lord and the example that he left us in order to do as Christ has done, in order to wash feet. This is very practical, very simple. It's not deep at all. But in order to wash one another's feet, it requires us getting close to people. It requires us getting close to people, whether they be disciples, deniers, fleers, betrayers, it requires us to get close to people. This is not up there tonight. I just want to hit on it, and then we'll practice, practice this, those who are willing and, and, and desire to do so. Uh, again, I'm not standing up here with a hammer and going to say, bless God, you're going to do this. But I've just shared the scriptures with you here tonight. Luke 7 describes a woman, and you can look in your Bibles. It's not up there. Describes a woman who came into a dinner setting where Jesus was at. This is Simon the Pharisee's house. Jesus is there. A woman has entered into there. She has an alabaster box of ointment. The Bible tells us in verse 38 of Luke 7, and stood at his feet, this woman did, stood at his feet behind him, speaking of Jesus, weeping and began to wash his feet with tears, did wipe them with the hairs of her head, kissed his feet, anointed them with the ointment. There's something we need to realize here. This woman is not the host of this meal. This woman is not the host of this meal. Neither was she an invited guest to this meal one invited guest to this meal as a matter of fact the pharisee simon said that she was a sinner bible says she was a sinner yet she washed the feet of jesus not her own feet but the feet of jesus not just that she wiped his feet then dried it with her hair and then she kissed his feet and then she anointed them with precious ointment i'm not Jesus didn't kiss and and anoint and all that and then say, do as I did. Now I'm just, so no one get nervous. All right, amen. I'm just making a point here. She did all this thing unto the Lord. She wasn't the host. She wasn't even a guest. She just came in off the street and did this to the Lord. And in in verse 39, the Bible says, now when this Pharisee, that is Simon, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. For she is a sinner. He said if he knew, if he was a prophet, he would know that the woman that's touching his feet right now is a sinner. A true prophet would have known who and what manner of person that she was. At that time, the Lord wasn't concerned with the condition of the woman. He was concerned with the action of the woman. Concerned with the action of the woman. And so in verse 44, he starts to reprimand, if you will, Simon He turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? Can I underscore? This woman who is not the host of this meeting. This woman who is not either a guest of this meeting, but this woman who you say is a sinner. He said, I entered to thy house. That makes Jesus the guest and Simon the host. He said, but thou gavest me no water for my feet. He said, you do not do. You haven't done even what the histories." Have spoken that the host provides the water for the guests. He says, you gave me no water, but she hath washed my feet. Not with water from a trough or from a lake or a river. She's washed my feet with the tears that have flowed from her face. And wiped them with the hairs of her head. He goes on to talk about the kisses and about the ointment that he, she had put upon Jesus Christ. Now, she's not the host, but she provided the water, and she went even further by washing his feet with the tears, which alludes to a couple of things. She's either accounting herself as a servant of servants, or listen to me, or this sinner woman was wanting to adopt Jesus' feet as her own. Now, that might seem like a pretty good trade, to adopt Jesus' feet as her own, but in doing that, this is what she was doing by washing his feet rather than her own. I'll willingly accept the dirt where you've walked. I will willingly accept the manure. We're talking biblical days here. The manure, the grime of the places where you have been as my responsibility to help cleanse. Well, we start getting a real picture of the church through this woman whenever we take the responsibility of somebody else's feet. Where they have been, where they have gone, the places they have trod as our own responsibility to help keep clean. Amen. Amen. And you know what Jesus said concerning this woman in verse 47? He said her sins. He didn't refute it, which are many. He says are forgiven her. Why? Because she loved. Much Simon, she provided the water from her face, the hair from her head, the kisses from her lips and the ointment that a lifetime could only secure and expended it upon my, she loved much. And there's forgiveness that's coming with that love. What did he say as disciples to begin with, with John 13? He said he loved his own that was in the world. And he said he'd love them until the end. He said that if, 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 if you all will love like I have loved, he said, then all men will know that you are my disciples. And here is the thing. There is something that happens whenever you wash one another's feet. There's a spirit of forgiveness that enters the room. There is. That if there are past issues between you and an individual, those things just really don't matter in that moment. If there, if there have been incongruencies or if there have been fights or, or, or bad comments or remarks or, or if there's been backbiting and gossip in that moment, in that exchange of gesture, washing one another's feet, there is a love that flows. And you know what? There's forgiveness that takes place. And there's forgiveness that happens. And it just resecures us as being the body of Christ. Amen. The body of Christ. Amen. Trying to be like him. But in order to do so, it's going to have to cause us to get close to one another. Amen. Close to one another. Amen. I'll close with that tonight. We will, we will. Ladies will be over here on this side of the partition in the back. Men will be on this side of the partition in the back. I have some thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter with the username f-a-c-m-c again that's f-a-c-m-c thank you and have a blessed day